On this episode of Real Estate Insiders Unfiltered, we talked about AI, we talked about distillation of ideas, authenticity. Uh, I threw an F-bomb in there. Yeah, it's going to be a great show. Tune in. You talk about it privately, we talk about it publicly. This is the Real Estate Insiders Unfiltered Podcast. Welcome again to the Real Estate Insiders Unfiltered Podcast. I'm your host, James Dwiggins, along with my co-host, <laughs> Crazy Uncle Keith. Yes, sir. <laughs> I just love doing that now. You so, do. You do. Uh, yeah. Tell us about Joe Skusen, CEO of Inside Real Estate. We had a big dog on today. We did. Powerful person and deep thinker. I uh, loved our yeah. conversation. We it's covered good. Bunch of different topics. We talked about vision casting, the innovator's dilemma, the distillation of ideas, the avoidance game, portal wars, AI and real estate. But probably most importantly, we had James Dwiggins' first F bomb on mic. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, we made so it like 30 some episodes without doing it. So lots of reasons to listen, kids. Put it in your ear. Joe, welcome to the show. We finally got you here. Uh, yes. I am excited to uh, to have you here and uh, uh, and go through all sorts of stuff, technology. I think last time I saw you, we were on stage together in DC. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah no, it's good to be on the show. You know, I hear yeah. all sorts of legends here about this. Some weird show. shit that goes on here, my friends. <laughs> yeah, you may regret that's this. That's what I hear. That's yeah. what I hear. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Our monsters go right to the edge of getting fired. That's what we want, Joe. Right to the brink. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. I'll let yeah. you guys do that. Yeah. Certainly yeah. worded email from the board means you did this the right way. So uh, there's, uh, there's your bar. So let's start with this. Uh, I mean, I think a lot of people know who you are, but for the viewers and listeners that don't, give them just a little background on you, uh, your current role uh, inside real estate, just kind of a quick overview um, you know, how you got where you are, and then we'll dive into some rapid fire questions and then go into the meat of the conversation. So start right. us out. Yeah, sounds good. I mean, I, I won't spend a long time, but, uh, you know, I'm CEO at Inside Real Estate. I founded the company. Uh, it's been, it's been like, uh, almost 15 years. And I know that because when I was starting the company, uh, my wife was in the hospital in labor with my first child. And so you let me just a, tell you how not to start a company. Yeah, let me tell you how not to start a business. Don't do it while she's in the hospital and you're having a baby. Don't do it that way. Yeah. Write that down, everyone. Everybody, that's yeah, really so, good yeah. advice. Write that note down to self. right now. Yeah. Note to self. Yeah. No, but it's been, uh, you know, been, been a lot of, a lot of exciting years. Um, you know, as you're going early on in, in, in a business like this, you have lots of pivots and things, but it's been, fantastic uh over the last number of years and just a just a just a great team and and um you guys are based out of salt lake right if i'm correct with that yeah we've got salt lake we've got some offices in california uh carlsbad california as well as charleston south carolina now as well so okay awesome awesome all right so you've been in this for 15 years uh prop tech has changed a lot i mean we'll dive into some of this stuff but i mean You know, it's certainly an interesting time in residential. <laughs> no, I mean, zero headlines. headlines these days. There's, zero there's never, there's never been a time that wasn't interesting, but this is especially interesting. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we could, we could go on for sure, but well, let's yeah. do this. Let's start with some rapid fire questions and then we'll dig into the meat of all this stuff. All right. So we always all ask right. our guests these questions just because it gives us a little bit of background on you and, and, and also some recommendations from you. So I'll, I'll have let Keith kick it off. Okay. And okay. then we'll, we'll continue Thanks, with the three this of them. This is my so favorite question. It is. Okay. Yeah. All Joe, right. Joe, if you were a superhero, if you were a superhero, who would you be <laughs> and why? Go. Uh, okay. You want to know who I really would be? Yes. Uh, when, I was a, when I was a little kid, here's the TMI moment yeah, of this podcast. When I, when I was a little early. kid, yeah. I, was sta- I was standing on like the second or third step of the front steps, jumping off, belly flops on the sidewalk. Yes. Yelling, He Man, Master of the Universe. <laughs> oh, so I don't know if you guys are He Man yes. fans. Yeah, but come that's on. probably Castle, it. That's you know, no Marvel characters, yeah. nothing like that. It's He Man. You know? Man, that is our first He Man, and that is a great answer. That's a good one. And it totally takes me back because I used to watch that show. Uh, yeah, top of your lungs, you know, calling that as- out. Total aside, but have you seen the documentary about He Man and the no. cartoon? Yeah, dude, I will send you a link. It is great. No, I mean, Tower of Grayskull. If you were, if you were know, into I mean, it, like I was, it's awesome. Okay. Wasn't there yeah. wasn't wasn't it like He Man and like Shira or something? If there was She-Ra, another one, yeah, and then there was she- a Shira spinoff, and right. then of course they fought Skeletor. Sorry, Skeletor. Right. Yeah, 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 Skeletor. yeah, yeah, yeah. Skeletor. Wow. That's it. That's it. That's Yeah. Yeah. Well, just dated. If, hey, if, if you don't know who we're talking about, shut down the podcast. Yeah. I feel. I seriously feel old right now. By the way, I just totally. By the way, what do you think Keith's favorite one is? Can you tell? By the yeah. over uh, his right shoulder, who who his superhero? I can't, I over can't his see the it. big green, the big green hand up there. Oh, the there part. it is, Hulk. Yeah, yeah. 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 it's Hulk just because I break everything, everything, <laughs> everything. Like, yeah, that's it. Good on you. Good on you. Literally, yeah. literally. All right, number two, James, hit him. Yeah. So, uh, favorite book you're reading this year or podcast? This is just for people to to put new stuff in their library or pick up something they haven't listened to before. Look, I, I've gone back to the old school again this year on on um, books and podcasts. I've listened to a bunch of them. You want to know my favorite one? Yes. Uh, again, oldie, oldie. Uh, but I kind of have two that are my favorites this year, both old. Seven Habits. Mm, Went back so and good. listened to it again. And I was just like, mm, Stephen. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the second one is Blue Ocean Strategy, which I just, again, <clears throat> old one, both fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so listen to a bunch of new ones too. Like liked a bunch, but those were actually my favorite this year. Those are great. They're good ones those in there. Awesome. Those are good ones in there. All right, Keith, take yep. us home on the last one. Okay, last question. If you could have lunch with one person, current or historical, who would it be and why? Uh I think I'd go real <laughs> old school on this one. Um so you know what I feel like I'm doing right now a lot of the time? I feel like I'm Therapist. Spending a lot of time, yeah, doing a lot of therapy. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm spending a lot of time trying to lead toward a future vision. Mm. Uh, you know who I'd like to talk to is Moses. I'd like yeah. to be like, okay, that was a hard journey. Right. That was a that was a <laughs> yeah. tough, and that was a long journey. How'd you do it? You yeah. know, I mean, yeah. I I don't know what we would speak, but I. But I would, you know, that's probably what I'd do. I don't that's know. That's a good one. You've had no, two on here one. that we've never heard either one of these from yeah. uh, from any guests so far. Those are good ones. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
We can find people out. try to be cool. Mine aren't cool. They're just that's really Actually, what I do. They're I'm pretty gonna... badass. Yeah. So <laughs> you're like I want to. I want to meet Moses. Yeah, you uh, went He Man and the Red and I want Sea guy. Like, like that's this is solid. You know, that's solid. I don't know. I don't know. That's good. That's, that's good. good. Yeah. Yeah. All uh, right. Well, let's dive into let's dive into a lot of discussions, and I, I'm I'm really excited, Joe, honestly, to have you here because I think you get to have a unique perspective that a lot of people don't based upon how large your company is, how many, you know, real estate entities you service as well. So you get a much, I think a much deeper view, you know, into the world of residential drama today. Um, I want to start with a couple things I think are, are interesting. There's a lot of conversations in the space and especially in prop tech about build versus buy, you know, where it's like, you know, some we've had seen companies that want to build everything. Some companies that you know, we'll buy companies and, and put them into it and, and do a mix of both. And so you guys have done quite a few acquisitions over your years. I think the latest one, and correct me if I'm off, is Boomtown, if I have that correct, which was a which is a big acquisition. So I guess my question is give it give us some like, because our listeners vary from real estate brokers to tech entrepreneurs. Like what are the pros and cons of buy versus build and and like what's it like to integrate companies and I mean, you know, get juicy. Like, what are some of the pitfalls and, and things that happen along the way? Because I think it's just I've I've heard so many different perspectives on this, but you've done it on a very large scale. So and a lot yeah. of times, yeah. and a lot of times, yeah. I mean, I guess the first thing I'd say is there there isn't a right or wrong answer on the overall strategy. Should should you build? Should you buy? Um, it's a choice of. Um, kind of how, how you're going to run the business. It definitely has big implications for what the business looks like as you go. And I think one of the biggest challenges that we have faced over time is, um, you know, what, the, the truth is when you're talking about acquisitions, they can look good on paper and they can be good on paper, but the execution of those things is hard, right? It's yeah. just a ton of brain damage and it's hard for all the humans involved um, and so you, you really have to, um, know and understand why you're doing those, uh, those deals. We've always, we've always worked really hard to make sure that, um, we're not, we're not doing any of these deals just because it looks good on paper. Um, we're doing these deals because we think there's a, there's a big strategic why behind it. And that in the end of the day, we're out there doing these things on behalf of our customers. That has always been the North Star for us. And when if we lose sight of that, it just makes it so that whether it looks good on paper or not, it doesn't play out over the long haul. And so, mm. um, so we try to be led by that as we go to do these acquisitions. Is just you know, would our customers want us to do this, and and why? Um, even if they don't see all that day one, sometimes it takes some time, especially <clears> with <throat> these big acquisitions. It takes some time to play through. You know, mm. we're going to be. Here shortly over the next couple of months will be a year into this one. And sometimes it takes a long time for these big ones to kind of play all the way through like that and for everyone to really appreciate and see the benefit of it. But but that's probably, you know, one of the one of the biggest um learnings and lessons. I think the other thing that I would say about that is one of the other big challenges, um, there's maybe two other big challenges you run into with these. Uh like if you if you're like us and you are an innovator at your core kind of your core dna doing these big kind of acquisitions and integrations um it's hard to not let that make you something other than an innovator 
you know, and mm, end up with a bunch of tech all over the place and you're mm-hmm. managing all these things. So you really got to work hard. It takes a lot of discipline to do that. And I would say last but not least is it kind of starts and ends with the people. And so, you know, you go into this and you have all these models and you have all these things that, that you go through. But if you forget that um, you you can't kind of outrun the, the people reality, the culture, you got to you got to see it. You got to be open minded. Look, when we brought Boomtown in and, and inside real estate together. You got to be open minded. You got to. I got to. I got to feel like Boomtown's my history, just like Inside Real Estate's my history. And interesting. Um, all the people get to decide what the culture looks like going forward. It's not kind of Joe that decides it, or or one right. of us. So it kind of starts and ends with the people with these, especially with these big ones. Sometimes you can do a little tech tuck in or something like that. That doesn't. Mm-hmm. That's not as true, but especially with these big ones, that's that's kind of what you what and you face. So and it's got to be hard because you're you're taking on somebody else's vision. Marrying that to your vision and culture. And then as you lead that, I'm kind of sympathizing with you here. On a, I've never dealt with that on the level that you have, but like you also have to make some tough choices along the way. Like who, because there's going to be redundancy that has to be removed in these situations. And so, you know, that, that also has to be hard to figure out how that, how that plays out and what those, what those choices are. Wanting to obviously build a better company more efficient company for your customer. How do you make those, those decisions? I'm going real deep here, but like, how do you make those choices? Is that something that you do ahead of the deal during the deal after a combination of like, how does that work? Just curious. Yeah. You're talking about people decisions and trade-offs you're saying. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, it, it, it varies, depends on the deal. Honestly, I, it's tough. You do, you do have tough decisions for sure. You try to, you try to, you know, there's a lot of times in business, I think, where you try to make the right decision and you try to be pretty clear-eyed about the decision you have to make and then very human about how you go about it. Sure. Um, and there are some tough things about it. I I will say there's some very cool and exciting and magical things about it too, though, because mm. part of what you get to do when you go through these is, again, there's a bunch of people you don't know. You meet them for the first time. You know, we have some funny stories about first meetings. You know, one of... <laughs> One of the folks that met me for the first time from our Boomtown crew, he met me in some, we, we were trying to figure out hotels that we were meeting in. And so he met me in some shabby hotel and he's like, who, who is this guy? And, you know, <laughs> but you have these great stories, but you meet, you meet people who just have these superpowers of their own. And we mm. talk about around the business, who, who are the people and what are their superpowers? And I'm like, I just, uh, I, I've been so impressed. Um, you know, I knew we had great people and have had at the business you know, historically, we have fantastic people and both, both businesses came in with really great folks. And so to me, it's like, uh, you're pleasantly surprised all over the place where you're like, man, we got, we got great folks and yeah. and you do get, you do have some ton, uh, you know, some tough trade-offs and things, but I think that's kind of the, one of the fun parts about it. One, one through line that you've mentioned, even when you were talking about <clears throat> building the company and, and everything else is this idea and concept of vision casting. And I'd love your, you to unpack your approach to that. Like it's not just a company wide email, right? That isn't vision casting. So when you think about, cause you, you, you've got to be so mad. I mean, that's a huge component of what you do when you're picking what you're going to bring in, when you're figuring out how to fit all these puzzle pieces together. 
What is your methodology or approach to vision casting? Because we all have some of that, whether you're trying to add an agent to your office or looking to do you know, a smaller M&A deal in your local city or trying to convert a client, right? So what's your vision casting process like or, or thought process around that? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. I feel like I've, I feel like the last few years for me, honestly, Keith, have been like reminding myself how to do it constantly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if you guys run into that, but you get into your, you get <laughs> well, into your day to day and you're like, yeah. you got to remind yourself how to step back. Yeah. You know, my, my process is, I guess right now is I have to constantly remind myself not to try to be somebody else, do it like somebody else. Mm. Um, not, not expect my people to be somebody else. Um, you, you gotta like, it's gotta be authentic. It's gotta be real. Like even, even if you're reciting something that you've set out in the, in the company, it's gotta be authentic. The other thing then for me, so I have to remind myself of that constantly. And then I actually, what I do is I spend, sometimes I'm like, man, it takes me a long time to just kind of reset. And I have to spend time with my, I do Evernote. So I'm like in my uh-huh. Evernote writing my thoughts down and distilling it. And I can tell when I've kind of gotten to the core again. And I'm like, dude, there it is. There's the fire. Yeah. And it's, it's when you can find that. And then, and then you got to go out and say it a hundred thousand times <laughs> in a hundred thousand. Don't ways, you? Right? In a hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, yeah. I've said this twenty five times. You guys didn't hear me. You know? Yeah. And yeah. So I've it's emailed like, it. I've text. I've <laughs> the yeah, short form video. But content, they're like, yeah. they're they're like, I'm busy. No, I didn't hear you. You know? So um, yeah, I don't know. That I, it feels like those are kind of the common themes from my from my standpoint. Well, that. it's also a good comment, Keith, because it's it, it's like when we talk with brokerages or just in general, it's like you always have to, you, you recruit people, but you always have to re-recruit your people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to constantly, yeah. and as leaders, you you get stuck, you you get mired down in so many different details and you, you, you wake, you pull your head up and you're like, oh shit, like I haven't, I need to be thinking about holistically the business too. Um, it, how many, you know, how many, one other thing, James, one, just on that note, one other thing that I, feel like I have seen is sometimes um, you, you can get as a leader, you can get into a place where you feel like you got to tell everybody everything. So you do have to repeat mm. stuff a hundred thousand times, but sometimes it's kind of like pushing back a little bit. Uh, it's, you're you're kind of like, I don't know. You inspire me, man. Yeah. yeah. You tell, you tell me why we're doing this. <laughs> yeah. Help, yeah. Help me understand. And mm. the truth is it's not my job to do all the inspiring around here. It's like, we're all in this together. And yeah, you know, a little bit of push is good that sometimes we all have to recruit ourselves back to the cause, you know, and, yeah. and giving people a chance to do that too. I love what you said around distilling your idea down though. I think too often, I know for myself, this is especially early in my career, I would use the platform or charisma or, you know, intellect or whatever as sort of like, just, oh, I know what I'm doing. snap rapid response, not sitting with something for a little while and you know going into the evernote or whatever your process is for that and really distilling it down because you're right when you hit it you feel it and you know you get goosebumps when you're saying it for the first time because it's so universally true Mm -hmm. uh so that that is uh something that's valuable regardless in life right really getting distilling it down to the simplest truth i think is powerful yeah we never give our sorry james no please go 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 yeah yeah yeah, I, I feel like, I, I don't know, I shouldn't say we, I shouldn't do the global, but 
we don't give ourselves enough time for the, like the, that magical leadership moment. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's yeah. like we all want the stage leadership. We all we all like that sort of thing. To me, it's like that. Mo- the most powerful leadership I do is kind of in those quiet moments, distilling it down. Because once mm-hmm. I to that point, Keith, it's like once you do have it, you can go share it. Yeah. And we we generally cut ourselves short on that. Like we're busy. We got the meetings. We want to get the state. Whatever you know. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, it was. I wrote that in my notes. I'll be thinking about that for a while. That was a good one. That's a really good reminder. I I I I wanted to segue mm-hmm. this slightly just because. So you've been in this a while. Keith and I can't get out of residential <laughs> real estate. <laughs> we're laughing, but we're se- we wouldn't even know what to do. It's like such but a love hate relationship, I, but I, I, I really do not, love this industry. I but cannot do it, anything else. This is all I, I'm good yeah, at. Yeah, like, this is all we do. Um, I, I, I would love for you to give some, um, some advice. So I, I remember going through Keith. It's actually how Keith and I met different story, not relevant right now, but I remember meeting with him in 2008 and it was a very hard time. 2008 through 2011 was very difficult. It was similar, but different than this, this one, but it feels it has similarity in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Um, there's been so much money thrown at prop tech, so much money thrown at prop tech. And I think the three of us, you know, know that with market conditions being what they've been and likely to continue this way for a while, um, it, I feel like, and maybe I'm off, you tell me, but there's probably quite a bit of M&A and companies that are going to get tucked in over the next year in the prop tech sector. Um, it certainly happened a lot from 2008 to 2011. I mean, I remember a lot of startups just didn't make it. There just wasn't a business to go around. So like... What advice do you have for them? You know, being you're you're a big player. You're you're one of the biggest players in the industry. So, like, what would you be? What would you tell these young prop tech companies who have great ideas, trying to get market share, dealing with brokerages who have no money? The word brokerage, the first part of that broke, is relevant. So, like, it's there's so like I mean, but you know, you're you're you know, there's. There's, the opportunity is not gone, but they have to think about how they adjust. So, what would you what would you tell prop tech people in today's current world? Yeah, what would you tell you if you 15 years ago if you yeah. met yourself, right? Um, yeah, it's a good it's a good question. Um, I think I think a couple of things I would say is uh, what would I tell myself is probably easier than what would I tell the kind of generic masses. I think what would what would I tell myself is um, you know, the, the most stubborn ass probably wins. Um, like don't, don't like you, you can give up. Uh You can, um, it's hard. I remember, I remember early days. Um, sometimes when people are like, Hey, good job doing, you know, such great things. I'm like, Hey, thanks a lot. But you didn't see me like sobbing on my carpet in the early days when my wife would play Alexi Murdoch and kind of pet my hair, you know, (laughs) just to make sure that I didn't like, you know, again, yeah, TMI, you were still breathing. That's what happened in the early days. So, yeah. you know, it's kind of like, uh, uh, you know, it's like if, if you know it, if you believe it, push through, you're going to have to pivot for sure mm-hmm. and do things, you know, pu- push through if you know it and believe it. I guess the other thing that I would recommend for myself is you can go out and talk to people like don't. Um, I think one of the things I've seen and admired the most recently is 
Um, I've seen some early stage folks who have reached out, frankly, to us and to, to me and been like, hey, can, can we talk? Like, let me tell you. And when they come in and are like super transparent and are like, hey, here's where I'm at. Here's what I'm doing. Here's what I'd love to do. Sometimes people are so defensive. They think because they started this little thing that they mm. got to like protect it and they can't talk about their real issues. And mm. I'm like, dude, talk to another entrepreneur. You yeah. know, that's what you should go right. do. And right. yeah, get some advice. Yeah, that's you know, how James and I's friendship was formed. I mean, he, he yeah. uh, hinted at it earlier. But I was, was crying. Keith was playing with my hair. It was <laughs> awkward. <laughs> not not accurate. That's not how that's um, <laughs> Keith didn't well, have hair. But, I you have know. not for a long time. Uh, I, what I like, what I love about what you just said, I'd love for you to, to unpack it a little more is there's like, you got to do it every day. And uh, when you feel like it, you're going to do it better. And when you don't feel like it, you're probably going to do it worse, but you still got to do it, right? You've, you've just got to, sometimes you're excited and it's fun and the pack's not as heavy. Sometimes it, that day sucks and the backpack feels like it weighs 200 pounds. So you, you may not get as far down the path, but you just got to keep walking, right? Yeah. And it might not be the second pivot. It might be the third, yeah. right? Yeah, um, yeah, but but the reason that's such a common term is because everyone <laughs> everyone in business that's gotten there has had to do it, you know. Oh, so yeah. it's like don't yeah. you know don't don't be afraid of it, you know, type of thing. I don't know. That's pro- that's probably the biggest thing I'd I'd tell people is kind of you know how do you keep, know when keep to keep at it, but talk to somebody, man. How do you know when to keep grinding? How you know when to pivot? So you don't. I don't know. Yeah. Is it, I don't know, Keith. How do you know that? Hey, James, how do you know that? We know. ask the questions on this pod, sir. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> how, do you, how do you know it's when it doesn't feel like it's working it's, and then yeah, you have to talk to, yeah, some, yeah, talk to somebody? Yeah. And, the key, I think Usually it's that, by the way. It's you oh. have a, and I, I think what you're saying, Joe, is really, really powerful. You have, people have so much pride. They're not willing to mm. sit down and, and, and be vulnerable and say like, hey, man, I don't know what the fuck to do. I, I did it. I said it. Oh my God. Yeah, it I, just, I just, it just came out. Yeah, that was the first one. time. Of course it was today's show. Yeah. I don't know. I'll leave that word out. I don't know like what to do. Like I'm, I'm yeah. stuck. And, and I think we get, we get into this corner where we have so much pride and we're like trying to make everybody think we're so successful and social <laughs> yeah. media and all that garbage. And, but if you actually get down and, and just get vulnerable with somebody that you you can you know just really have an honest conversation, and you can surround yourself with some good people who will have an honest conversation back, yeah, it's probably where that pivot comes because you'll you'll end up. They probably won't even tell you what the pivot is. They'll just they'll help you lead to a decision that you probably already need to make, and you kind of know it, and it just something just happens. My experience has been somebody has said something to me that makes me go, mm-hmm. yep. This is that moment in time where we're going to make a, a small movement, you know, yeah, you, you, as a, as a builder of businesses, you can't listen to everyone because you'll never get yeah. anywhere, but you should well, listen to someone, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. There's a big difference. You can't ignore everybody, yeah. uh, but there's some yeah. people you shouldn't ignore, right? If they've been where you've been or, or two chapters ahead of you in the, in the playbook or whatever. Yeah. Well, the other, the other thing is like when, when you're facing those kinds of problems, you, you tend to play the avoidance game, whether you know it or not, like you, you play the avoidance game a little bit. And the more you kind of marinate in that problem and give it a little bit of space and, again, those quiet moments, that's actually where your breakthroughs come. Usually it's where the most potent kind of changes and pivots have happened is mm-hmm. kind of you're like, okay, this is a problem. All right. It's a problem. Okay. Yeah. okay it's a challenge. And you just got to marinate in that and figure your way through it. And it's like – 
usually you're smarter than you think. You talk to some folks and that's where your breakthrough comes. But if you're avoiding that damn thing, you're just going to keep avoiding it and it persists, you know? Yeah. 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 Sitting with it isn't avoiding it, but you've got to really sit with it. Yeah. 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 You got to, you got to spend some time. Yeah. Well, let's talk about, um, avoidance first. (laughs) (laughs) So the verdict just came through. Yeah. Joe's like, he just fell off. Man, Uh, that was, uh, that was a, Probably your best segue. You're getting very good at this. By the way, very good. So very good at this podcast thing, sir. Uh, <laughs> the verdict came through. It's obviously a topic in every one of our shows. We're trying not to make it the sole thing, but you know, where do you think? I guess well, I'll relate this less about brokerage and agent and franchise because we've had lots of people on in that space. Like, what's your take on it from from tech? Like, what does this mean with this, with this verdict and what do you, how, is this a pivot for your business? Like, are you looking at things differently now that this has occurred? I I don't really know where I'm leading this question, but I just, I want to get your mindset on this kind of like, where is Joe thinking now of like, okay, what does this mean for my company? What does it mean for the industry? Where do we need to go? I'd really love your take on that. Yeah, I mean, I've got a variety of thoughts. You know, some some of my thoughts are kind of on the analytical. Hey, what are the numbers, and how does that play through? And what do you, you know, what does that mean from kind of who's getting which part of the commission, and what's the variability of commission rates on who who takes which piece? So I have thoughts on that. I, to be honest, I think they're not very helpful. Um, just like <laughs> I think most of ours are kind of just they're wild guesses, and maybe yeah. somewhat educated, but they're wild guesses. Sure. I think. One of my one of my primary thoughts right now is um, I'll tell you what I don't think is changing personally. I personally don't think that um, that the commission lawsuits and those things change the number of transactions that'll happen in a year. I don't think it okay. changes that. Um, I do not think that it fundamentally changes the number of people who want to use a real estate agent and work with a real estate agent. I don't think they, I don't think the commission's commission lawsuits change that a bunch of people now want to run FISBOs or that they, um, or that they they want to write their own contract. They're not like, okay, these guys, I think their commission stuff changed. Now I want to write my own contracts now. Yeah. Right. Um, Right. I don't think that changed. Um, on, on, in, in some regard, I'm kind of like, look, I've negotiated with agents before. I'm sorry, agents out there, but I've negotiated. I've run deals without agents. I've run deals with agents. Um, I've done all those things. Um, you've been able to do all that, by the way, for many years. Um, that's not like a new thing, right. but right. but maybe it changes the dynamic a little bit on people's awareness around some of those things. I don't know. Um Part of it to me is, look, does does this mean that it's somewhat harder for somebody who's been on the edges, like swirling their toe around in the space and, and kind of doing a deal here and there? Yeah, hmm. I think it does, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that bad? I don't actually think so. No, no. I don't think so. Um, <laughs> yeah. Does it make it, could it make it more challenging for some who have been in kind of a middle, you know, lower middle bracket of production? It could. It could also make it easier. I think a lot hmm. of what is going to happen here depends on how people respond to it. And yes. I really am kind of like, guys, get off the. I, I, I won't do drop it. the bomb there. For, I no, did it. Mm-mm, 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 mm-mm. Mm-mm. Look at. Well, I'm not going to do it. 
get yeah. off the stump and like go take action. 24 is going to be better than 23, I think. Okay, yeah. January is not going to be, I don't think it'll be like blowout and all of a sudden we're back in 21 or something. But I'm like, look, get off the stump and go act on this and go hone your hone your craft, you know? I was talking to Andrew Undum the other day and Stark and I was they're talking all about how do you hone your craft? And I'm like, go hone that puppy and mm-hmm. go do go do the tough work. And honestly, I, I think you're going to have a good year. Like right. I, I, I've talked to quite a few people who had a better year in 23, despite all the crazy headwinds mm-hmm. than they did in, in 22. And I think you can have a great year in 23 as well, or I'm sorry, in 24 and 25, I think will probably be a bit better. I think that is, um, by far the bigger headline right now is you've got to go <laughs> figure it out. And that applies to the brokerage that applies to the team that applies to the agent. You got to go figure it out. I think from a tech standpoint, yeah, that was your question. And I've, everything you're saying, keep yeah. going. Yeah. From a tech standpoint, my job is to empower those people who are leaning in like that. My job is not to try to save every soul who doesn't know what to do with their lives at this point because mm. it freaked them out. That's that's the honest to goodness truth. Yeah. I need to empower the folks who are rocking and rolling and are like, great, let's go, let's go take that world. And I have to say what part of what I love about this industry is I think I I think we've seen kind of craziness every year since I've gotten into it. You know, fifteen years. I don't think there's been a year where people woke up and they were like, <laughs> nothing's no going deal. on this year. Yeah. 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 There was like yeah global plagues and there was you know too many you know 45 offers on a you know it's like it's always something and that's what i love about the space yeah it's part of why i don't necessarily believe that we're cutting them in half um but look i does it mean that tech companies or even Mm -hmm. brokerages have to think about their models a little bit probably somewhere Mm -hmm. you know sure that's not the end of the world. I'm like, look, let's go do some business. Everyone still wants to work with an agent. Sure. People are getting caught up in these lawsuits. Everyone's asses are getting sued. Sure. Okay. But okay, let's, let's move on. Let's you know? move forward. I, yeah. I love yeah. the, cause what I heard you say is there's an event and then, but we can only, we can't control the events. We can only control the responses to the events and that equals our outcome, right? Yep. The response is what dictates our outcome, not the event itself. We can't control that. So there's lawsuits. I think we all agree, no matter what, how you do a real estate transaction soon will be different than how you used to do a real estate transaction. Now, that's all about all we really know with a capital K. So that means that's just an event. And then we can control how we respond. That'll determine our outcome. Some people are going to cover up, turtle up, fade away, get out of the business. Some people are going to lean in do the work like you were saying and have a different outcome. So I, I think that's, that's very you know, elegantly said. In, on the same thing, I was, I was pontificating on this the other day. I was having a conversation. I don't even remember where it was at this point, but it was, uh, I look at it and go, so many, so much of the mindset is to not talk about any of this. Yeah. Like, it's just like, no, we're not going to even address it. Yeah. And I was sitting back and, and Joe, I think you know this. My wife is a, investigative reporter for CBS and we were having this conversation and she's been forwarding me all the articles on CNN and Fox and MSNBC and CBS about the lawsuits and the headlines are all shit like just <laughs> not unlike not, all the good news headlines that they normally friendly. push out <laughs> yeah. Yeah. not friendly yeah and I was sitting there going 
why is it that we haven't where is the industry posting content like sharing the other side of this out there right. and i've been i've been scratching my head on it and then i started to go why are we not talking about the stuff that we do and like and it, and why haven't we emailed our clients and been like you're gonna see some headlines i'd like to explain a few things to you you know uh I, it this scarcity mindset and just blows it just completely baffles me because if you well, if you take you to say nothing then people are going to believe what they read and without having context to this stuff and it I don't know where I'm going with this, but just it's driving oh, I, me nuts. Like, James, do something. I'm, I'm, I'm with you 100. <laughs> Look, let me let me just kind of let me say the same thing. I think you're saying this way. We got we still have. I, last I looked at Nara's number, a little ticker tape. We still have 1.538 uh, agents. So we've got 1.538 people out there, million people out there, um, all talking about what 24 is going to look like for them. And how many videos got recorded describing what is happening in the market and their view on it and sent out to people last week. But we got 1.538 million. I'm like, guys, knock on the yeah. thing. I'm like, guys, yeah. <laughs> go record a video. If you need help, reach out to anybody, frankly. Go record a video that tells the story the way you see it. Mm -hmm. and share it with your sphere of influence, your database. Not only may you get a deal out of it, by the way, <laughs> yeah. because people are thinking about moving still in 2024. Right. So you might, you might not only, it's a good touch point, but a lot more people are going to see that. You know, we got, we got amongst our customers, you know, over hundred million people in the database. I promise you, you can go out and yeah. email your database with a video. And I'm just saying, guys, You'll reach more people than the headlines, but you right. got to be a little bit bold and you got to go take that, that kind of horse by the reins a bit, you know? Yeah. 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 All right. Let's All right, do a turn blinker, Keith. Um, yeah, do you want to ask one more question? Uh, uh, turn blinker question. So okay. uh, portal wars, right? Uh, oh, the yeah. portals. I mean, it is heating up. It's like Godzilla, <laughs> King Kong and Mothra. Homes.com had an entire city block at NARS. Did, did you see their uh, exhibit at NAR? I saw some pictures. Yeah, I saw some pictures. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. like it's heating up. How do you think this plays out? What do you think happens on the other side of this? When you think about the industry and your company, right? Like yeah. how, how, how's all this going to play out with the Godzilla, King Kong, Mothra, Portal War thing? Yeah. How, how's it going to play out? Uh, <clears throat> I mean, the, maybe a couple comments about the portals and then a couple comments about from a broker team agent perspective. Um, <laughs> so look, I think Zillow basically asked homes to, to make a, make a bunch of plays. I, I, I think, uh, you know, I know Zillow, know a lot of the folks over there love them as people and things, but. I think they basically said, look, we're going to continue to play for the agent team and broker commission, and we're going to play ahead of the brokerage with the agent and the team. That's basically what we're doing, right? Mm -hmm. um, and they're a brokerage, and, they, and they're trying to own the databases, and they're doing those things. And so I, I think it's kind of like, in, in a lot of ways, you know, CoStar with Homes, um, I think is, has some great opportunities right now. And I think they're making I think they're making some plays with those, and I think that makes sense. And truthfully, I think it's for the benefit of the industry 
that 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 happens because uh, if you want to look <clears> at kind of monopolies on Portal, it's really like Zillow right now. And there's mm. it, you know if you if you want to think of kind of some of that stuff, that's that's part of what's out there right now. The traffic and so, is absolutely enormous. It's yeah, and math, math. and I yeah. so I think it's kind of being I think it's begging for it actually and. I think yeah, Holmes com- has a great great opportunity there. Uh, you know, so I think they're doing the right things. Yeah, competition is a good thing, right? Yeah. Like that that yeah. will only serve our industry so long as we keep our eye on the ball and we're wise stewards of what we do and what we're best in the world at as an industry on the residential real estate side. Competition on the portal side is only a good thing for us, I think in the yeah. end. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess the other thing is I know a lot of folks who and and we've got customers who really, really appreciate that part of their business, their channel for their business. I, I think there's a lot of folks who really just need to understand their long game of where they're, where, how their business is built. Um, mm-hmm. Because that, you know, whether, whether agent team or brokerage, I think you just have to understand, okay, what's your balanced, what's your balanced equity in your business? Does Zillow own you or do you own the leads they sent you? You know, what, mm-hmm. What is it, or does the portal even? You can broaden that out to the portal. So you kind of do have to have this. I think you have to have this balanced view of it. Uh, but I, th- I think it's getting. I think it's probably getting to a healthier spot than it's been historically over the next while. We'll see. We'll see how they continue to play out. But yeah. I don't know. What's your take? Oh, man, you're gonna have your own podcast soon. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, agree, I I think that competition is a good thing. I think it'll keep people honest. <laughs> I think that the industry has some growth that they need to do with understanding how to properly address and work an online lead, right? Like they don't suck. They're just early. Uh, What follow-up really looks like and means. And so there's components of it as an industry that we just can't, we have to level up if we're going to, if we're going to be valid in this space, and not just surrender to the portals. Then we have to get better at honoring. It's funny because if someone walked into an open house, every agent in the country, or vast majority of the agents in the country, would be really good at having a thoughtful conversation with them. Yeah, but I, I d- they yeah they get this random online lead and they don't remember that there's a that's a human being on the other side of that, <clears> right? <throat> like I know the email address might be you know one two three at Mickey Mouse, um, but when you can get to the human there is a that that isn't a lead quote unquote right think of it as that was your sister trying to get more information on <laughs> trying to buy a house out of state how would you treat it and i think we lose sight of that as an industry and that's the piece that again we can't control the events we can only control our responses to the events and the response we need as an industry in my opinion since you asked is to level up how we think about treat and nurture and truly the word nurture, not from a sales yeah. funnel lead nurture. Wah, 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 like I almost dropped my first F-bomb of the podcast. <laughs> like not that, but like truly nurture, care about, be invested in and be present for, which to me is what nurture means, these quote unquote online leads. So yeah. I'll, I'll make a comment on this, Joe, just for what it's take for, for some context. I think whoever cracks the code on the, who can figure out how to keep the client for that eight to 13 years they own the property wins. And what yeah. I, I mean by that is I just, I think that, and I, I know that Zillow and all of them, it's not, we're just using Zillow, any, any of them know that they have to figure out how to keep that client coming back if the model stays the same way it is today, which is a 
you pay a lot for the lead or you pay referral fee, whatever it might be, you need that lead coming back in eight to 13 years. If the agent figures and cracks that code about how to keep that client in their own sphere and coming back to them, it's going to be a very interesting game long term. It's obviously why Zillow and others are building their super duper app or whatever it is. And it's, you know, I think it's going to be a very interesting piece to watch. I personally don't think there's enough room in the space for three. Um, I I think that there has to be, there's going to have to be, that's going to have to be figured out because if you're, we're at 3.76 million units annualized right now. And there's our God knows how many leads are being generated. Like it's just, there's not enough money to go around, especially if there is attrition on the agent population, which there will be just market conditions are going to cause that. And then certainly there's going to be some through the lawsuits. But um, I want to move this to two questions because I really want to get your your thought on this because there's only so much time that we have. So what are some of the really interesting tech uh, product. This kind of converts into both for what it's worth, but you know, what are some exciting tech products that you currently see coming to market? And then, and I'll ask the second one because you can kind of blend the two yeah. and then AI yeah. and our industry, where do you think it's taking us? So I'm, I'm sure they'll, they'll blend in those two questions. So, yeah, no, look, AI is obviously the buzzword. Um, and, and lots going on in it. You know, we're, we've got AI investments we've made here and that are super cool. Uh, we're, we're excited about what they're doing. I think um, I think the AI dynamic is one where everyone's pretty excited about it. It's got a, it's got a, the AI's kind of got a ROI. Um, there's a lot of excitement around it. It's got to really kind of manifest in improvements and close rates. And so one of the one of the pitfalls I think that people have with AI, and it's not just in this space, but it's generally is you can. Um, you can envision how it makes you more productive. One of my fa- one of my favorite kind of examples of this is um, I've been in a bunch of meetings where people quote mm-hmm. the how how much more productive their developers are with AI because they develop with code, you know, mm-hmm. and, and AI helps them develop AI code. AI help them write the code, yeah. And I and I've asked them how much more code they develop or how much lower their cost is for the same amount, and it's the same. But you can you can imagine it on the unit economics level, mm-hmm. so. And I'm like, oh, so your developer has a side gig now. It's kind of like how it's kind of like, I'm like, that's fantastic. Okay, you're right. He's more productive. But um, it's kind of like how <laughs> it's kind of like buying houses and holding them and selling them. It's like unit economics you can imagine all day long, but mm-hmm. people lose their shirt on that yeah. business. I think yeah. the, the question with AI for us as tech companies, I think, and the brokerages, teams, and agents who are using it is, what did that do for you and where did you put the time? What, mm. Where did you put the energy you freed up? What did you do with it? If you wanted this to make you more productive, you need to be thoughtful about if it saved you a minute, you got to think about where that minute went then a great in comment. a productive <laughs> way. And <laughs> if, or if you wanted that to kind of enrich your life, did you put that now? Are you gaming more or are you like uh, <laughs> scrolling through Facebook more? Is that what you did with it? Because I promise it didn't do anything for you then. And so I think that's actually the harder part of AI. I think the mm-hmm. easier part is going to be implementing it because we have and do, and you're going to see some really cool stuff. But um, the challenge to the space is, okay, we're excited. Go figure out what you did with that free minute. And I promise if you use it, you're going to be like, this is sweet. Yeah. And if you don't, then you'll be like, that was a flash in the pan thing. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a really interesting comp. No one has actually said it that way before about. Correct. Yeah. If you, you're, it's like, it does all this cool stuff. And it just wrote your email that you can't write because none of us are good at writing emails. 
but then he went and he went on social media and screwed around for 15 minutes. It was a complete, I mean, maybe unless we're spending time with your kid, then it's different, but I mean, that's, yeah. it's, but your comments really valid on that. Um, hmm. I, I'm, I'm so, I want to do this at some point to have a pod with some really, maybe it's, uh, I've never happened, but love to get Sam on here or something and talk about AI and just like where it can <laughs> yeah. go. Do you, I want to end with this. I know we have one more question Keith wants to add, yeah, but do you, do you, what's your take on it with AI empowering the agent? Do you see it replacing agents pieces of what the agent does? I mean, is there, is that a realistic thing to say long-term? Do you, does it devalue the agent? Does it make him better? I've heard this like AI empowered agents, the future, but like, I, yeah, yeah, I get it. Like a technology powered agent is better than one that isn't, but like, is it really going to fundamentally make things easier for the consumer without the agent in your thoughts long-term? Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I think you asked a few questions there, James. One was like, um, will it replace parts of what an agent does? Yeah, I think uh, hopefully, right? Mm -hmm. I think if I'm an agent, I'm sure. like, hopefully it does. Otherwise it doesn't achieve anything sure. for me. So yeah. it's, it's got sure. yeah. to replace some of what I do yeah. today. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, does it replace an agent? I, I don't think so. I mean, um, again, I look at kind of the reason I've personally used agents and all the interactions I've seen. And, um, it's kind of like when, when a lot of us didn't really need the agent helping us do most of the search anymore. Mm -hmm. A lot of people worried then. I don't know if you remember a lot of the conversations, yeah. but a lot of people were like, yeah. People all right, <laughs> you give them all this the search options and we're hosed. This is that word. This is, you know, wrap yeah, it this up. is the yeah. end. It's I better go to like, that yeah. truck driving school. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like, it's kind of like, no, you actually <clears throat> have a more empowered experience together. Hopefully your consumer does know how to search and they come to you with all sorts of questions. I, th I think, again, it, to me, the, the real answer to that is certain agents probably will be replaced, but not by AI. It'll be by other agents mm -hmm. who... You know, Embrace who are like, and yeah, and they know yeah, what, what to, where to take that unit of energy and put it and those things. Yeah, that's a good comment. All right, Keith, take us home. All right, last question. We always end on this. If you were an agent or broker or brokerage today, what's the one thing you would implement to slingshot flywheel your business forward? I'd go, I'd go figure out what the crap I think about the industry and next year. Mm -hmm. I'd write my message down and I'd go cut a video and send it out to my database. I know everyone's afraid of it and there's not enough of the go I would that's the one thing I would do. <clears throat> the second thing I'd do is I'd stop backing off next year and I'd decide where to invest, not should mm -hmm. I invest, where do I invest? And I'd just do those two things. And I'm like, if you could put that on repeat, rinse and repeat over the next little while, I think you'd probably end up with a decent twenty four. Yeah. Great advice. That's great, great advice, advice, simple and accurate. Yes. <laughs> um <laughs> Joe, thank you so much. This was a great podcast. Love to yeah, get your perspective on things. Um, your timing on when you go on and off screen, I gotta, I gotta write that down for some of those <laughs> joking moments. Those were good. Those were really good, by the way. Um, hey, thanks, guys. This is fun. This is a good, good conversation. Appreciate both of you and your experience you bring. Awesome. Funny. We appreciate it. We'll have you back, guaranteed, in 2024 yeah, right, with it. a much more positive view on the industry and, and that That'll point be in great. Time, so it'll, it'll be, be great. Yeah. There'll just be something right. else. So, yeah, all right, buddy. Something else for sure. Thanks, man. Thanks, Joe. Talk to you See soon. Ya. Bye. Listen, we care about you deeply, which is why we never want you to miss an episode of this podcast. Subscribe now. It's just a push of a button.